0: Welcome to this week's podcast from Free Chapel in Orange County. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, check out our website at freechapel.org. One of the things that has been so dear to my heart, really through all of my Christian walk, has been the topic of prayer. Um, It's something that we talk about a lot in church, and some of us, I think, consider ourselves great prayers. Some of us consider ourselves not-so-great prayers. I don't know how you can be a great prayer or a not-so-great prayer, but that's sort of how we think of it sometimes. I grew up in a family where prayer was big. My mum, if you've heard me share some stories, my mum is a praying woman. She was one of those women that didn't know how to pray quietly. Do you know what I mean? Like, you're always sort of regretted asking mum to pray for something, once you began, you're like, well, hey, just dial it down about ten notches. You would be in the you know, I remember asking my mom to pray. I'd be real quickly. I played basketball and football growing up, and and before I would pray, I'd be on the sidelines, you know. I'd be like, and before I would play play sport, play the game, it'd be a big game, and, and I would say, Mom, can you just pray real quick? You know, any other sort of normal mom would be like, Lord, just be with him, bless him in Jesus' name. I'd be standing on the sideline and be like, Mom, can you pray real quick? She's like, In Jesus' name. God, I thank you right now that you are coming upon my son. God, that you're giving him new territory. I speak it out now in Jesus' Name. Lord, as you said to Joshua everywhere, he sets his foot. You're going to give it to my boy and the rest of his team. Lord, when he sets foot on that field, and I'm looking around, like, oh dear Jesus. And so I grew up in this, in this with a... A healthy understanding and and I make jokes of it and, and I joke about it a lot. But I grew up seeing the effects of what prayer does. I grew up seeing how prayer has the ability. It's not just something that we do to give us the warm fuzzies during a bad situation. Prayer is what we do to turn a bad situation around. I saw, I grew up seeing, I would see, I can tell you stories of seeing my dad pace up and down hallways of hospitals after the doctors gave different diagnoses over different members of our family and sickness and illness. And I saw my parents Turn situations around as each one of us, each one of our each one of us kids sort of rebelled. And, 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 and I didn't rebel as much as the others, but they would say something different. But that's okay. I'm here preaching, so just listen to what I say. And, and, uh, and, and even through those rebellious years and those rebellious times, I saw my parents consistently stand in prayer and believe that no matter how far their kids were going to run from God. That, that, that as they continue to pray that God had the ability and if you prayed in faith that it would turn, that even though their path may go one direction. Is there anyone that believes in prayer? It, they, they can go one direction and it, would, it could turn it around. The Bible says that the fervent effective prayers of a righteous man avail much. I don't believe that prayer is just something that we do as a part of a ritual in church. We don't do Saturday night prayer here every single Saturday night just because it's nice and and you know on board on a Saturday night. We don't do 6:30 a.m. prayer Thursday mornings for the business people we are starting back Thursday morning. Prayer begins back again this week for all of those listen, not just business, those that are in the workplace or the marketplace whether you 're in the in, in the medical field or the educational field or whatever it might be if you 're someone that 's in the workplace and you want to pray with us, we pray here for uh, six thirty to seven thirty We have about probably fifty to one hundred people that come out every single Thursday morning to pray over their business. We don't do that just because I like getting up in the morning and I've had three espressos, so I may as well go to the church and pray. I do it because I believe in the power of prayer. I believe it turns situations around. I believe that through prayer, you can be in the middle of all hell and you can pray and ask God for peace. And the Bible says that His peace surpasses all of our understanding. And when His peace comes upon you, it will equip you to walk through a difficult situation. And so I want to preach on it this morning. And as I started studying and I started to look through this prayer throughout the Bible and different prayers that people prayed and, and, and something that grabbed my attention was the posture, what I call the posture of people as they prayed. And I want you to hear me this morning because I don't want you to get off on it. a, on a on, think I'm saying something that I'm actually not. But throughout the Bible, when you look and, and, and look at, all of the different times people prayed in the Bible, often it, return, it, 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 it refers to a physical posture that a person took when they were praying. We know a typical posture when someone prays is to perhaps bow their head or or, or there's stories in the Bible where people would get on their knees and pray. There's other stories in the Bible where people would stand and pray. There's stories where people would raise their hands and pray. There's even stories where people would lay flat down on the ground, face down on the ground and pray. And what I want to preach to you this morning is I want to actually preach on the postures of a praying heart. Today, the postures of a praying heart. And when I say postures, I'm not talking about physical postures that we have to be in in order to pray, although I'm going to refer to stories where people took a physical posture in the Bible. But we understand that the Bible says that man looks on the outward appearance, but God looks upon the heart. So, what I want to talk to you and preach to you about is postures of the heart. When we pray. Does that make sense? Do you understand what I'm saying? So don't want someone to walk out of here saying, well, Pastor Ben says that I have to be on my knees before I pray. Otherwise, it's not going to work. That's not what I'm saying. I'm talking about it's an outward expressions in the Bible, but they reflected somebody's heart. Does it, are you with me this morning? Awesome. I want to read a couple of quotes. John Wesley said, God does nothing except in response to believing prayer. So another quote from Charles, Charles Spurgeon. He said, "A prayerless church member is a hindrance. He is in the body like a rotting bone or a decayed tooth." Come on, someone thought you were. Going, I was going to be nice to you this morning. This one's. It goes on. Before long, since he does not contribute to the benefit of his brethren, he will become a danger and a sorrow to them. Neglect of private prayer is the locus which devours the strength of the church. If we're strangers to prayer, then we're going to be strangers to power. Prayer is the link that connects us with God. I believe, and as I was, I was preparing this, this message and putting it together, it was stirring on my heart. I believe that what God has called us to do as a church is going to happen through us making a decision that we're going to be a praying church. And I want to look at one of the postures that I referred to earlier, and it's a typical posture throughout scripture, and it's, it's one that we know. But it's the posture in prayer of bowing your head. We've heard it before and we've talked about it a lot before in church. Often in church, what we do is we bow our heads. What I believe this, represent is, this represents in our prayer life, a heart that has a bowed head is a thankful heart. In many cultures, when you bow your head, it's a way of saying thank you. It's a powerful thing and we have to understand this is a powerful concept of prayer. When we come before God in prayer with a thankful heart. The Bible says that we have to enter Psalms 100 verse 4. David said, enter into his gates with thanksgiving. Too many times I think in prayer, we're so quick to ask God before we actually thank God for the things that he has done. I was talking with Caressa even last night as as I was going over just what I was going to preach. And I started thinking how quickly it can be that we forget the things that God has done. It's a powerful thing when you come before God to pray and you begin by praying and you say, God, I thank you. I'm grateful for all of the things that you have done in my life. Because what happens is not only as you keep those things in mind and and you keep those things in heart, but I want to tell you, church, it's powerful when you declare them out of your mouth. I find for myself when I come before God, if I'm praying for some things and and believing for things in my life, when I first begin, before I start asking God what I want, when I begin by first declaring the great things God has done, what it reminds me of is it reminds me right at the onset of my prayer time, it's a reminder for me that God has done some things for me in the past. It's a reminder that stirs my faith. Because let's be honest, sometimes we come to pray and our faith is not up. Sometimes we come to pray and we feel, man, I don't know if this is going to work. I don't know if God's got this. I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know. And we start praying. But when you make a decision that you're going to begin your prayer time by declaring the goodness of God over your life, it, it's a reminder that God has been there. It's a reminder of the things that God has done. That's why it's so important to have a heart with a head bowed. It's a heart that says, God, I'm grateful for what you've done. I'm grateful for where you've brought me. I'm grateful for the things that you've kept me from. I was even praying as I was walking last night and praying and I was listening to some worship and God just started reminding me of all of the things that He's done in my life. It can be so easy. As I was talking with Caressa, as I said last night, you know, Caressa and I, as I said, she's six months pregnant. And Caressa and I, prior to finding out that we're pregnant, we were praying. You know, it took sort of longer than it was meant to. Caressa's mom had, has five children and she gave birth real quickly. And so Caressa, you know, always had in her heart that it was going to be something that would happen straight away. And when it didn't happen straight away, we started to pray. And we started to declare it over God and we started to declare it over our family and God did something and God moved powerfully and and, and now we're, we're six months pregnant with a, with a little boy coming in November. But I said to Cressa, how quickly, we love what God has done, but how quickly we forget and we move on and we start buying baby clothes and we start setting up a nursery and we get excited. But I wanna tell you, church, we have to sometimes take a moment and say, Lord God, I thank You that You moved. God, I'm thankful for what You've done. God, I'm thankful for Your protection. God, I'm thankful, I'm thankful. You may be praying for a better job but you got a heart that thanks God that you got a job in the first place. You may be praying for God to do things in your children. Begin by thanking God that He gave you children first. Thank God and have a, an attitude of a heart that says, God, I'm so grateful. I was praying as I was walking last night and praying and and praying for for the service and praying for each one of you. And and I started to get overwhelmed as, as I was walking, just thanking God. God, I thank you for what you've done in my life. God, I thank you for my wife. She's a gift. She's a gift from God to me. God, I thank You for my Son that's coming in November. God, I thank You for forgiving me from my past. God, I thank You for where You took me from and, and the brokenness and the hurt that I was in that I didn't know how I was gonna get out of it. And I thought my life was over and I thought it was all finished. But God, picked me up in a moment. And here I am standing here in Orange County getting to preach to You. Why not? Because of anything I've done, but because of simply the goodness of God. How quickly do we forget how good God has been? Someone here needs to thank God for what He's done in your life. Give Him praise for what He's done. Where would you be right now if God did not step in? Where would you be? Where would your family be if God didn't show up? If God didn't come and move? We gotta not forget the goodness of God. It's a heart that has gratitude. I'm thankful to God. I'm thankful to God for every single one of you in this church. I'm thankful to God for my family. I'm thankful to God we're praying and we're believing for God to continue to do mighty works in our church. But I'm thankful for every single person that's ever come down the front and received Jesus Christ. I'm thankful and don't look at that and just look past it and think, well, that's all right. People, people are always gonna respond. No, let's be people that are great and thankful. God, I thank You. You're moving in lives. God, I'm thankful for the testimonies. Man, we get testimonies. I've prayed with so many different people in this church and, and business people in this church have come up and said, man, will you pray? It's not looking good. The business is not looking good and we stand together and we pray. Then a few months later I'll see someone lobby. How things going? God moved. God changed the situation. Man, we gotta be people that are grateful and thankful for the goodness of God in our lives. In Exodus 34, it says, So Moses made haste and bowed his head toward the earth and worshipped. Then he said, If now I found grace in your sight, O Lord, let my O Lord, let my Lord I pray. Go among us, even though we are stiff-necked people, and pardon our iniquity and our sin. And take us as your inheritance. Moses was thankful for the goodness of God, for God's hand, what God had done in bringing them out. The miracles that he had done, Moses bowed his head in thankfulness to God. We've got to have this heart as a heart of gratitude, you know the story in Luke 17 of the 10 lepers. It's a story if you don't know it where Jesus healed 10 lepers and the Bible says that 10 lepers came and the, and, and the specific wording is actually that at, at once the lepers came and they, 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 wanted, they wanted to receive healing. And the Bible says that Jesus said to the lepers, to 10 of them, he said, turn and go to the priest, present yourself. The Bible says you have been cleansed. He says, present yourself to the priest because you have been cleansed. And if you know the story of the 10 that were cleansed or of the 10 that were healed, the Bible says that only one came back. And the Bible says that that one came back and he was thankful. He said, Lord, I am thankful to you. And Jesus said to the one leper, he said, did not 10 get healed? He says, where's the other nine then? Of the 10 that got healed, of the 10 that God moved in their life, only one had a heart that was gratitude, had a heart of gratitude and thankfulness to God. But look at what happens. He had already been healed. But then when the one came back and had thankfulness, God said, Jesus said to them, go your way. And the wording here, he says, because you are in the new King James, it says you have been made whole. And if you look at that word whole, the Greek word for that word whole is the word sozo. It's a Greek word, which means deliverance, which means salvation. What happened was Jesus cleansed all 10, but only one was made whole because he had a thankful heart. It's something God will do something greater in your life if you make a decision that you're going to be grateful for what you have. If you make a decision that you're going to be grateful for the things that God has done. The second posture of a praying heart is in the Bible it talks about when people would people would just simply sit, sit and pray. When a king would sit on a throne, it says that the king demonstrates that he knows, he knows who he is and he knows where he belongs. Something powerful when a king, they say in in in, in those Bible times, when a king would sit on a, on a throne, it demonstrated his understanding of his position, that he knew where he belonged. There's something powerful when you have a posture in your heart of being seated in prayer. And again, I want to remind you, I'm not just talking, I'm not talking about physically, I'm talking about a, an attitude of your heart as a praying person that will sit down in prayer with an understanding That you know who you are as a son or daughter of God. You will pray differently when you know who you are as a son or daughter of God. In Ephesians 2, verse 5, it says, Even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved and raised up together, and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. One of the biggest battles, I think, when we come to pray for things is the enemy can come to our mind and say, who do you think you are? Who do you think you are praying for this? What do you think, what do you think your prayers are going to turn your family around? Don't you realise that your family is the way you are because of your mistakes? How many parents have heard that before? How many parents have been praying for their children, but the enemy comes and says to you, the children are the way you are because of your mistakes? We have to understand who we are in Christ Jesus as sons and daughters of God. We've got to understand that you are bought by the blood of Jesus Christ on the cross. That even though your kids may be a certain way because of mistakes you've made, those mistakes the Bible says are cast away. It says as far as the east is from the west. So the grace of God can cover those mistakes. And as you sit in that throne as the, as the prince, as the son or daughter of the King of Kings, you can call down heaven on earth over your family. You As you pray, you've got to have an understanding Understanding that you know who you are in the kingdom of God. The Bible says that Jesus said that he has given, Jesus said before he left, he said to the disciples, all authority was given unto me. When we pray, we've got to have that understanding that I know who I am. And I'm not talking, in hear my heart this morning, I'm not talking about people who are arrogant. In their prayers, we are who we are only because of the blood of Jesus Christ, only because of the grace of God, only because of God's goodness to us, but we have to make a decision that we are going to walk in what has been given to us through the cross of Jesus Christ, and say, I have authority to call down heaven over my family. I have authority to call down heaven over our church, over my physical body, over my life. We've got to take authority. Some of us we don't, we don't have an understanding of who we are in Christ Jesus. And God said in Genesis 1:26 then God said, "Let us make man in our image according to our likeness, let them have dominion." You've got to understand, and I've said this before, that your position in Christ Jesus does not change. You may say, well, I know I understand all that, but I just don't feel it. Do you ever feel like that? Do you feel defeated? We all feel like that sometimes. I know that the Bible tells me that I'm a son or daughter of God, but I just just don't feel it. You have to understand that it doesn't matter whether you feel it or not. It doesn't change. It doesn't. Your position never changes. The only thing that changes is your understanding of your position. So whether you understand it or feel it or not doesn't make a difference. The Bible says that you're seated with Him in heavenly places. Something powerful when you have a heart that just sits down in prayer, says I know who I am. I remember when I was a young kid, I was like 18, I got in trouble for some driving offence or whatever and no doubt it wasn't my fault but because um, I was just such a good well-behaved kid and uh, but I remember I had to actually go to court and, uh, and uh, there was a little sort of case going on and and that's one of the benefits of your dad being an attorney. And so I remember going into court. My dad was there and, and there was another lawyer that was there. And, and I remember getting into the court and, and, you know, it's pretty sort of daunting. Like, you know, I had my dad told me to wear a tie and wear a shirt. And, and so I'm standing there and, and you know, there's, there's people around and there's a, there's a magistrate in front of me. And, and, uh, and he, begins to, he begins to speak like, like a sort of accusation, like everything that I'd done wrong you know, read out what I'd done wrong and all of this stuff. And, and it's pretty intimidating, like it's scary. I'm standing there in court and I've got my little suit jacket on and tie and trying to look as good as I possibly could look, you know. And, um, and I'm standing there, but then he just sort of, he, he sort of says all these things to me and I didn't, know, I didn't know what to say. I'm just like. But then suddenly it clicked that I have my dad, my dad is standing right beside me. And as soon as the judge finished what he was saying, I just looked up at my dad. And the moment I looked up at my dad, my dad is standing there and he had, he had his own law firm at the time. So, so it was him and like there was another lawyer beside him and then someone else there. I had this whole like team. I'm like, yeah, where you at now, judge? Like. And the moment I had all this stuff coming at me, but the moment I just turned and looked, It's almost like in that moment, my dad, the power that my dad represented as my representative. I didn't have to speak on my behalf because I had someone else that was there for me. Some things were coming at me but I had someone else that was about to stand in for me and he said, Step, sit down Ben, I got this. And he started to speak to this judge and speak to this magistrate and he was my representation. But it was released. The moment I just looked at him, I was like, here we go, this is your moment. He stepped in. You need to understand when you come to God in prayer, you need to look at God and say, God, I can't do this. I can't face this anymore. I can't face what's coming at me. I can't face what's coming at my family. I can't face what's coming at my job. But I'm activating you as the King of Kings, as my Heavenly Father. You step in, I'm stepping back. You step up. And I wanna tell you, God will step into your situation and turn some things around. How many people believe here that you've got a Heavenly Father that is your representation? You don't have to speak for yourself. God will speak for you you and when he speaks things change the other thing that, the other way that they pray the bible says it talks about different instances in fact jesus did this a lot where it says he looked to the heavens he looked to the heavens i believe what this does is it demonstrates a confidence in god's ability to do something the bible says and, and i'm just going to give you a few examples of it in John eleven forty one, 41, then they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was lying. This is speaking of Jesus when Jesus raised Lazarus and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I know that you always hear me, but, for the, uh, for the, but because of the people who are standing by, I said this, that they may believe that you sent me. When Jesus was in Gethsemane in John 17, verse one, Jesus spoke these words, lifted up his eyes to the heavens speaks of a confidence in where the power is coming from. It speaks, it, it, it says, there's another verse in, in, in Psalms 121. It says, I will lift my eyes to the hills from where my help comes from. When we make a decision, when we have a heart that looks to the heavens when we pray, we're acknowledging that the answer to this situation is gonna come from Him. Prayer prayer can't just be a a last resort once we've exhausted everything else we can do in the natural. Prayer's gotta be the first thing we go to. That when we first hit that situation, we just look up to God and say, God, you know what? I, I commission your hand over this. I command your hand to come and move over this situation. It's a powerful thing when you make this decision to say, God, I'm gonna look to you. You're the provider. You're the one that's going to guide me. You're the one that's going to direct the business. For those business people and businessmen and women here, you've got to make a decision. Look to Him. Lift your eyes. Lift your eyes to heaven and command and commission His hand over this situation in your business. It's a posture of the heart. I want to give you, can you handle one more? You sure? And say it and then halfway be like mm. Let's do one more. I better get the keys come, it'll make it more spiritual. The last one. And then I've actually got seven. <laughs> so did you just feel I felt like the breath go out of the room right then? You're like, Seven? Been here for thirty minutes, you've only given me three, Are you for real? Don't worry, I'll do the others next service. You have to come back tonight. Um, the other one is, is in Scripture. As I, as I went through, often there was times when people would pray and the Bible says that they would lift hands. They would lift hands and pray through all the miracles that, that God did through Moses. When Moses was delivering the, the Israelites out of Egypt, the Bible says that often he would go and he would lift his hands. The 10 plagues that happened, happened when Moses... Lifted his hands and and the sea split when Moses prayed and called down God, called down heaven over the situation through lifting his hands. In 1 Timothy 2 verse 8, it says, I desire therefore that the men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath or doubting. King Solomon also in 1 Kings 8.22 and Solomon stood before the altar of the Lord in the presence of all the congregation of Israel and spread forth his hands toward heaven. And he said, Lord God of Israel, there is no God like thee in heaven, above or on earth beneath, who keepeth the covenant and mercy with thy servants and they walk before thee with all their heart. There's something powerful when, you have a, when the posture of your heart in prayer is one that has hands lifted. What does this represent? I believe that it represents a surrender, a heart that is surrendered to him. When someone is, is you know, the, the sign, the universal sign for surrender, no matter where you go in the world, is two hands raised. And it's a powerful thing when you completely surrender a situation over to him. And I just prayed and I remember just surrendering. I remember surrendering to God so much so and it's really where something shifted in my life in this area. So much so where I remember praying and I said, God, I give this to you, that if I never, ever, ever get married, I will still worship you. And if I never, ever, ever, ever get married and have kids, that my heart is yours no matter what. It won't, I, I won't be bitter to you. I won't stop trusting you. I won't say that you let me down. I surrender and I give it to you. Surrendered prayer is probably one of the hardest places I think to get. But when we can surrender to God completely, what if He never does what you're praying for? Will you still worship Him? What if... What if He never moves? Will bitterness come? Will doubt and unbelief come in? If, if the breakthrough never comes, if the breakthrough never happens, is it so surrendered to your God that you can say, you know what, if you don't do it, your ways are not my ways. Your thoughts They're not my thoughts. And I trust you. If the business doesn't grow, if the spouse doesn't come, if you don't ever get pregnant, if the breakthrough doesn't happen, because what He wants more than anything else is He wants us. He wants our heart. And right across this place, I feel right now, and I'm about to close, I feel that there's some people here, God, speaking to you. I want everyone to understand. please, with no one moving, I'm going to close, I promise. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We hope you were blessed.